The Tights and Fights podcast, for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Happy Holidays, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Rudolph the Rad-Nosed Reindeer, Danielle Radford. Aww. Are you saying I need powder? Did I say Radford? (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I'm not going to go back. Don't go back. (laughs) I dub thee Radford. Like I said, all I heard was that I need to like dig in and do some powder and get some of the shine off my nose. That's all I just heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, well, just a little. We, did, we figured saying it through song would be the best way to do it. <laughs> Don't tell out. Danielle she's glistening. Yeah. Oh, we love Danielle because she's useful. <laughs> oh, you look like a, a bank of snow in the moonlight. <laughs> See, that sounds look, like a compliment. Look, it's snail, it's snail stuff, guys. It's snail stuff. It makes your skin look not 40. <laughs> yes. And also joining us is Jingle Burrell's Batman Spells, Julie and Burrell. See, you can make it, you can do the whole thing. I like it. Even better. We could have just made it Jingle Bells, Batman (laughs) Spells, Julie and Burrell. I like it. Well, now we did. So now we got everything. We got both. All bases covered. We got an A and a B. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is the holiday season and you're likely waist deep in some Christmas and winter solstice movies. But maybe you're thinking, these are great. I just wish there were more wrestlers in this movie. And that's where we come in. (laughs) Yeah. You're just sitting there scratching your arm, even though there's no itch. (laughs) Bowl of popcorn with three cigarettes put down in it. uh, Bang energy bottles all around you. Empty. Some full, but not with bang energy drink. Aww. And saying there should be more wrestlers. (laughs) Those Christmas themed flavors that they probably have for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Christmas cranberry crunch <laughs> your fucking face. Heart stern heart attack. Yeah. yeah. It's peppermint punch coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> Acai a cardiorrhythmia. Uh, <laughs> it is time for our annual tradition of wrestling recast, where we take great productions and decide which wrestlers would make them even better. Mm. This year, we're all in on a movie that's become a relatively modern holiday classic, Elf. Will Ferrell's Christmas special celebrates its 20th anniversary this year. It was 20 years ago today that John Favreau brought the elves to play. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I, we we actually just started rewatching it. We you know we do our like cycle of all of all the Christmas movies that we were watched. <laughs> we started Elf last night, but but we both fell asleep early because no. <laughs> we're tired people living full lives, and. Uh, it's so good. It's so good and such a tight movie. Still charming. Still works. I mean, I think Danielle has something to say. I, 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 I find Will Ferrell to be the most annoying person I've ever seen in the world. And I know that's the point. Uh-huh. In yeah. this movie or in anything? In this movie. 
Okay, okay. I know that's the point. I know the point is that Buddy the Elf is, like, way too much and is, like, super irritating. But I like the fact that you could sleep. Like, I feel like if I slept with that movie on, he would haunt me in my dreams and become my paralysis demon. <laughs> no, you sit on a bed of lights. You sit on a bed of lights. For, for a whole, like, generation of, I feel like, yeah, around people my age, this was probably their introduction to Will Ferrell and his general shtick. Because I don't, I didn't, like, I wasn't watching SNL. I was probably too young to watch SNL. Like, Ooh, we get it. We get it. it. And it's, I mean, then you go from, like, this to, like, Talladega Nights, yeah. Step Brothers, and all these other, like, movies that he was a part of afterwards. And, like, I think I went through a, an arc with this movie where I saw it as a kid, and I, I really did like it a lot. Went through a few years where I just thought, like, oh, yeah, it was just that movie that I saw when, it was, when, it, when I was a kid. And then... Mm it became like, oh no, everybody has memories about it and they actually have good feelings about this movie and now it's just going to be on constantly, like like everything, like anything else that, that reaches its status. I am trying to think, now that you've mentioned it, I don't know how many like actual like kids movies Will Ferrell has done. He's done some stuff where you can like squint and it can be something the whole family could watch, but like <laughs> as far as, because I do consider Elf, this is a fucking kids movie because mm-hmm. I c- could not, I tried to watch it again, hopped up on fucking Capri Sun and like that was the <laughs> only Trying to bring like... back those 90s vibes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it yeah. was 90s, it would not have been uh, Capri Sun. If it was 90s, it would have been, God, Hal, you remember this. Remember that like horrible Mountain Dew drink? I thought you were going to say Tang. No, not Tang. It was this horrible Mountain Dew drink that had Surge. It would have been Surge if it was oh, the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Surge. Surge. Yes, I do yeah, remember they, Surge. They tried to market it very heavily to our generation to the point where when you would have vending machines in school, some pop would be a dollar, Surge would be 25 cents. So we're all just walking around, hopped up on too much caffeine and sugar. <laughs> like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> This movie sort of came out of nowhere, right? Like, nobody knew. It's written by a guy who who is from an area very close to mine, like mm. like in Philadelphia, suburban Philadelphia, and the suburbs of Philadelphia, rather. And John Favreau had done Swingers, I think, and Made. Those were the two films he had directed up to this point. So he wasn't – Iron Man was still several years off. This movie, made like, established him as a director who could make money and, and opened the door for him to – to direct, he's a, he's a fantastic director. He yeah. directs. He got a cr- like crazy stupid high batting average, but and Will Ferrell up to that point, old school was the next thing to come out that mm-hmm. really like made him a huge comedy star in film. So when he filmed, when he made this, he was just a guy from SNL. Yeah, and the only movie he had made starring was Night at the Roxbury, which yeah. like every SNL based film is not that great and. <laughs> And make made its money back. It made like a little profit. Yeah. Well, and this was also this was also like the last time that you could see Zoe Deschanel um, blonde without bangs. It was the last time we allowed it as a country. Like <laughs> we, th- this was the movie, and then we shut the lid on it. Like that. Was I it. was wondering because, like, I, I the last two years I watched this, um, I'm very blown away at how young, and I don't mean like young in terms of age. I mean young in terms of her like acting acumen she feels in this like this feels like a very small role for zoe deschanel mm-hmm. i think she does fine but i there are a few times where she was doing where she did a read and i'm like is that really the best take you got out of her this is very like kind of comes off as a little monotone at times and i mean that's like maybe that's just the fun part of like going back and seeing those early early movies and someone's cv and everything but it's still just it's it's funny to see her in this yeah i mean her biggest thing that i knew her from before this was almost famous as, Same. Uh, mm-hmm. as the older sister she said one day you're gonna be cool like 
great performance by her. Fantastic. She's playing off Frances McDormand, which is like... It's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Just like a a goat. There's somebody who's goaded. It's only going to make you better. Patrick Fugis. That movie is also great. And my wife is in it briefly doing... uh, do extra work i'll i'll point her out please do that is literally one of my favorite movies that's so good i'm gonna have to watch it i don't think i've ever seen it (gasps) yeah like like there's so many movies made around christmas that come and go like four christmases and and fred claus that are decent movies they're good and they may be in some individual people's like rewatch lists but they're not like this this established this has become a modern christmas classic it's now in the same pantheon as as a christmas story and and the original TV specials for Charlie Brown and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, where this is required Christmas holiday viewing. Yeah. Like, it's just, like it or not, even if you don't, even if you can't stand Will Ferrell in this movie, it's, uh, it, it will endure. It's going to stick around because it, because it's a storybook come to life. It's like neat. It's got every ingredient that you need in the gumbo. It's properly seasoned and uh, it's not overflowing out of the bowl. Like, it fits perfectly in whatever bowl you're serving it in. And that's that's like everything you need for a movie like that to sort of stand the test of time. Well, also for kids, like we mentioned, kids, uh, I think, will be able to watch it. Adults, it has just enough jokes that I think like adults won't feel like they're being talked down to or they're just watching something incredibly juvenile or anything. Yeah, it's got that Rugrats thing going on where like the jokes Mm -hmm. work on a bunch of different levels where it's like if you're a kid, it works on one level. But if you're an adult, it works on like a different level. And that's which, you know, I feel like we don't have... I feel like a lot of cartoons do that now, but I don't know if we have as many like family movies that really do that anymore. They're either like, you know, either it's like PG-13 where it's like, yeah, it's kind of a family movie or it's like, hey, like this is PG, but this is really just for children. Well, let's jump into the recast. We've got our lead, Buddy the Elf. It's a performance that needs to be strong and committed. Basically drives the entire uh, movie. You need someone who's likable. And who, like, everybody has to adjust to their energy, right? Uh-huh. Like, Will Ferrell, like, his performance, I mean, like it or not, it is, if it if he is not 100% committed the way he is, this movie does not work on any level. Like, yeah. he yeah. is giving it everything he has got, and it and I think it pays off. I would really like to see, as Buddy the Elf, I think that, genuinely, I do think that John Cena would do a really good job. I think this would... Yes, that's what I was going to say. It would be like his version of, like, the Tooth Fairy or something, but, like, different. I think that... He would put his foot in it. It would be really funny. He's a big dude, so you get in all the big dude jokes. But then, like, because imagine John Cena sitting on Santa's lap. Because that's also, like, another part of it is, like, the fact that, like, Will Ferrell is such a long man that, like, that is obviously, like, a huge part of the humor is that, like, he is with all of these elves, but he is, like, the longest man in the world. (laughs) And so replace him with a man who is both long and wide, but still has, like, the comedic timing, the chops. You want to see him in that elf outfit. You you want to watch him eat gross pasta. You want to fall, watch him fall in love with someone who shouldn't be blonde. Like mm-hmm. there are all of these things that you want to see. So I, I'm going off. I'm saying I, I think John Cena for Buddy. Yeah, like he's crazy comedic chops. Like mm-hmm. just from the subtle stuff to, to then the stuff in uh, blockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like it's so that's so broad, and he handles that just as well as he does like the subtle, the more subtle stuff he does in Peacemaker. Even though that's a ton of over the top stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't nail the low notes, then the high notes aren't going to fly, and he gets the whole the whole range. Yeah, you've still got to feel bad for him too. You know when his dad yells at him towards the end, says "Get out of my life." It's kind of weird because Marilyn uh, and I did watch it the other day, and it she's pointing out that like as Buddy's kind of like on the Brooklyn Bridge, staring out. It's like is Buddy about to jump? Like what the hell is going on? <laughs> Don't right do it, now. buddy. You have so much to live for. <laughs> like, right before Santa's sleigh comes up, it's like, wait, what is this? is about to take a turn. Holy shit. <laughs> like, this is sad. Someone who would maybe get the last call back, um, maybe wouldn't, maybe wouldn't quite get the role, but I would, I would love to see our truth read for this a little bit, you know? I'd love to see him at least read for it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see him do the mailroom scene, you know, when everybody's <laughs> drunk in the mailroom and he, he has to do the breakdancing thing. I think he would absolutely nail it. I think it'd be great. <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we have Walter Hobbs, who's Buddy's biological father, who's a grumpy workaholic that eventually gets the Christmas spirit and understands and allows love into his heart and belief. You need somebody who can play both parts of that. So it's got to be someone who's a really good heel and also a really good face. So this one is actually one of the suggesteds. I fully would go Paul Heyman on that one. <laughs> I'm fully mm. doing. I'm fully doing the wise man on that. Because I think. Because yeah. I think that he. Because he could. He could do both. You know. Plus, in a pinch, if you need him to do like scared face or like any of that stuff, like Paul can also give you all of that. So yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going wise man on that one. Mm-hmm. The one wise man. Oh my God! Has that, have they have they done anything with him being the wise man on Christmas yet? If the man does not celebrate it, I don't want to be like do what the rest of America does to people, where they're like, if you don't celebrate Christmas, you better learn how to celebrate Christmas. But, nah, yeah. it's a secular holiday. Like, who gives yeah. a shit? It's it's everybody in the pool if you want to be in the pool. One hundred percent. Yes. Ed Asner was raised by an Orthodox Jewish family. Like he's <laughs> like super. His actual name is Yitzhak. Come on, really? I and did he not played know Santa. That. Yeah. You don't yes. need to. I love Ed Asner. We wrote all your music. It's fine. Don't worry. No, yes, that is a true fucking did. story. That is yeah. certainly true. The chosen mm-hmm. ones were definitely all within helpful. like a decade too. Fucking mm-hmm. clap, yeah. clap, 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 yeah. clap, clap, clap. Busy by by the light of the menorah. We wrote, <laughs> we wrote everything. In eight days, I have a deadline. <laughs> In eight days, yeah. The pen, the ink, and the pen lasted for eight whole <laughs> nights. It was only supposed to last for one. That was the miracle of the Christmas song. <laughs> Uh, how about Jovi, played eerily by Zoe Deschanel? Who do you who do you have do this? See, that one's hard because your heart wants to say Alexa Bliss, or at least yeah, mine does, does a little bit. Doing it wants to say same. it wants to say Alexa Bliss, but I do like the idea of Zelina Vega doing it. I do just because like. I don't know. I just like her. Like, there's no real, real, like, I just like her. Look, just make her little, her little mall elf shoe, turn it into a chancla, and that can be <laughs> Selena Vega. It helps that we know she has range, you know, for yes, real, for real. Yes, yes. Yeah. She's got the chops. There is something about Jovi that's, like, really innocent, and any outfit you put Zelina Vega in does not look innocent at no, all. You could put her in a burlap sack and somebody would be like, why is this burlap sack making me feel things I've never <laughs> felt before? She would get sent home from school in a pantsuit because people are weird about bodies. But yeah, like, yeah. no, like she's like, she, Zelina can't help but be like the fucking hottest person in the room. Oh, what about Indy Hartnell? Oh yeah, that's also pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they're also oh, yeah. very pretty people, but like, it's not like they're, 
like supermodel pretty like they feel like the type of person you could have you could have just seen kind of like i just walked past that person i thought they were pretty which i do think is something that helps for the role i don't know again alexa bliss feels like the easy one i'm kind of really liking the idea of indy hartnell hartwell hartwell Hartwell. why did i say hartnell is that like a a brand of appliance i've been looking at i don't know is that a name of a christmas song i don't know about yeah Papa Elf, originally played by the legendary Bob Newhart. You had no chance you had any idea who that was when you watched that as a child. No, no. I don't even know how well you know him now as an adult. I did. I'm um, old. It was one of those things where I think like USA was like, Elf is coming on for 12 hours or whatever the heck. Uh, So you can make sure you don't miss it. And they like name dropped everybody who was in it. And it made me realize, you know, I don't think I ever looked up who all was in this movie except for will ferrell mm-hmm. so let me just like go in yeah. and see and uh, surprise surprise everybody in it has a, a very extensive career oh yeah <laughs> oh this one's really hard Got oscar winners in there yeah mm-hmm. oh geez because they're also our narrator remember mm-hmm. yes Oh, because I'm, I'm trying to think of like who I want to like. I need someone old. They have to be older. Yeah, it's got to be an older. I struggle to think about older wrestlers that, that I wouldn't mind seeing acting. Look, that is a fair point. Batista? No. Hmm? He's not old nah. enough. He's got too much riz. He'd be a great Santa. Mm. That would be fun. I could see. Yeah. Could we do Shawnee Sean? I don't know. I've seen him in a movie. I don't know if we can. How, what does uh, <laughs> Shawn Michaels sound like? I see. Me not that old. <laughs> Remember when me have normal cowboy hat and then it watch me kick Marty Jannetty through window and then it curl up on the sides out of fear? <laughs> me hat live in constant fear that me going to super kick it. But me happy it keep me head warm. Cookie Sean, could you please tell me Merry Christmas? Mm, Merry Christmas, Julian. Me going to kick you through a window. <laughs> Just you. kidding. Um, nom, 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 nom. Communion wafers. Nom, 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 nom. C is for Christmas. That's good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> you just made one special little boy very happy, Cookie Sean. <laughs> uh, yeah, Up in s- the way, me reindeer. <laughs> uh, I could see him as the one elf in a cowboy hat, though. <laughs> <laughs> me almost done with etch a sketch. Mm. <laughs> me eat sand. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I'd see, it's the older gentleman part where it's like, we want someone older, but we also want someone older that, like, isn't a piece of shit. I have someone. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Baby, look, Halbert. Yeah. Lifelong baby face. Come through. Come through, Hal. Understated as well. Doesn't ever really go over the top with his emotions or anything because he's, you know, but just hasn't, but has enough heart in his eyes to just be like, he's going to be sad seeing Buddy go off to New York. (laughs) Yeah, and he knows how to sell, so he can do all the buddy sitting on his lap stuff. Yes, John Cena sitting on Ricky the Dragon's lap. It'd be great. So good. There's your poster right there. There's your poster. My dream. (laughs) Uh, Then we have... We have Santa. I already pitched Batista for Santa, but yeah. Santa anybody. doesn't do a ton in this movie, does he? Well, he's got some personality. I mean, he's there at the yeah, end yeah. more than the not, beginning. Yeah, not like a, not like it's like a nothing part or anything, but it's just like for a movie called Elf. You know, you, I, I, like just on the face of not it, as... I would like I, I would have thought he did a ton more, but he's just sort of there to bookend the movie. Yeah, you know, they don't want to they don't want to give us too much Santa because then it becomes like Santa's movie, and you know, you want to you really want to yeah, focus sure. it on the Elf angst. True. <laughs> this would be a good place for Biggie. Yeah. He's jovial. He brings joy. And hey, like, you know, 
He could be your uncle or your daddy or your Santa. <laughs> I'm your uncle and I'm your daddy. And I'm your Santa. <laughs> and I'm your Santa. Either way, sit on my lap. <laughs> I just also want to hear him give a big ho, ho, ho. Oh, my God. I want it so bad. Yeah. Then we have Michael Hobbs, Buddy's brother. His little brother. Aww. We got Johnny Gargano here as a suggestion. That's pretty good. I don't hate a Cody Rhodes here either. Oh, Cody. He's a skateboard kid, right? That was what he wanted from Santa, right? A skateboard. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm like, I don't see Darby Allen in this role at all. So maybe Cora Jade because she's got like little, little hot topic kid vibes. <laughs> yeah, she does. Oh boy, I John Laurinaitis. To... He used to skateboard to the ring. <laughs> yeah, just bring John Laurinaitis. Oh my God, no, Johnny Ace. You can you stay retired, boo boo. It's okay. <laughs> I'm coming here. I am. <laughs> I do like the Cora Jade. I like having her in there and having and giving her like little brother energy. I think that that would be mm-hmm. really, that'd be really cute. Yeah. But also, just like like the idea of like her with like a backwards hat, like skateboard. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's got to be like you know redeemed by Buddy as well because it's like oh they're right in the edge because they don't have an attentive father. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Plus, I just I like Cora Jade. I think she's really adorbs. Guys, I'm sorry. We got to go back. You know who should be playing Santa? Mm-hmm. Mick Foley. Oh, duh. Oh, of course. Come on. Merry Christmas, everyone. And to all, a good night. Ho, 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 ho. He gave a big heartfelt plea about wanting more people to ask him to be Santa recently. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got to give it. Especially, there. like, you know, he got all them new, like, all that, whatever, them, them stem cells and all them new parts they yeah. put into people that make all the parts work. He's got all them now. And we're talking about an older wrestler who ain't a piece of shit. I mean, come on. It's got to be McCoy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's a family man. It's good a family man. man. Good, good call, Hal. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, uh, speaking of, of Michael Hobbs, young Michael Hobbs, if you want a reason to go back and watch this movie and you want a little blooper, because those are always fun to spot, the little errors that are fun to spot in production. When Buddy and Michael meet for like, uh, when they're alone for the first time, like Buddy just got done waiting outside of, of Michael's school if you look as they're kind of walking, it's like a tracking shot of like them kind of walking towards the camera. Mm-hmm. Marilyn pointed this out that like next to one of like the little stoops, the where the the, the stairs are right there. There's very clearly a, a PA or somebody who was involved in this who didn't realize that they were filming looks looks shocked at the cameras there and then turns around and tries to duck down behind a bush before the camera keeps going. Uh. <laughs> it's pretty great and it's a really funny little Aww. bit like whoops and i'm glad that made the final cut i'm glad they didn't cut it out because it's really great it doesn't distract it's only there if you notice it and now you always will notice it so point it out to your friends uh this christmas as they're uh as you guys are hanging around watching drinking eggnog and watching this movie it's like the fedex arrow yes. yeah another fun thing that most people probably already know is that ming ming the elf who is the supervisor buddy supervisor is played by peter billingsley who is most noted for playing Ralphie in A Christmas yeah. Story and is now a producer. And uh, I think he's John Favreau's producing partner. Yes. Fact, yeah, he, the... he was the, I think he was either the producer or the EP of Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. he actually comes back. Uh, he's in the first Iron Man where he gets yelled at when Jebediah Stane is like, Tony Stark built this in a cave with scraps. And then he comes back in Far From, Far home, from home when oh, he's talking yeah. And, and yeah, and they do the thing. Yeah, that is also Mr. Billingsley. Oh, damn. I know that Favreau didn't direct this one, but I just remembered Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie, too, isn't it? Oh, it is a Christmas yeah, is, movie. Yeah, I just remembered that. It's because it's directed by Shane Black, and he yeah. only makes He only makes Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected, kids. It's all connected. Yeah. Also, the the 
what is it? Is it called a Christmas story? Christmas is charming and wonderful. Yeah. It's it really good, good. It is the update to it that you that you want. And it is like sort of a it's a weird it's oddly both a sequel and a prequel to a Christmas story. Well, because I see it. I believe yeah. and I've got to I've got to look that up because I could be co- totally mm-hmm. wrong and someone will correct me. But I believe they also like went back to the short stories that a Christmas story was originally built on because it was based on like these dudes like kind of short Gene stories Shepherd. about like growing up. And then they like put a bunch of them together. And that's what made the movie. I and mean, that's why it does kind of feel like a bunch of separate sketches kind of like with one through line. And so my understanding is, is that they went back to those as well well as using like the original movie for for reference which is the way to do it yeah yeah, yeah the writer of those stories is the narrator in, in uh in christmas stories yeah. gene shepherd yeah and also to be very clear not a christmas story too that, don't get these confused different <laughs> nope, christmas story they are right next to each other on on hbo or whatever that platform's called now Tubi. do not watch a christmas story too Tubi. please to be it's pluto tv on Tubi. Uh, Tubi. yeah <laughs> They're gentrifying Tubi. I'm sorry. I have a lot to I can't say. Can't believe it. it. Yeah, I saw Panera go up the other day <laughs> <laughs> with its overly caffeinated lemonade that will kill you. Dude, yeah. look, I'm just saying. HBO Max is about to turn into a spirit Halloween any second now. I'm just <laughs> I was watching that place and I thought, you know what needed to be here and said was a juicing place. <laughs> yeah, where's my Jamba? <laughs> where's the Quiznos? Now? It's not Jamba juice anymore. <laughs> Oh, I could go for a Quiznos. I miss Quiznos. It's called Jamba. All right, so we have Michael Hobbs and we have Walter Hobbs. Now we need Emily Hobbs, Walter's wife, played by Academy Award winning actor Mary Steenburgen in the film. God, I fucking love her. She's so good. Comes back in Step Brothers, too, so I guess she liked working with Walter. She is a Step What do you associate her with, Danielle? When when she comes to mind, what, what movie pops in your head immediately? Um... Parenthood, I think. Same for me. Parenthood. It's two hundred dollars. Yes. If you lost two hundred dollars in the trash, you'd go looking for it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Parenthood? Julian? I have not, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm a, got an assignment this weekend. Every time I see something, well, I have Christmas movies to watch, but I will fit it. In. Oh my God, Joaquin Phoenix is in this. Yeah, he's he's Lee Phoenix my at the time. Gosh. Yeah, Martha Plimpton. Oh, um, Martha Plimpton. Tom Hulse, Jason Robards. Yeah. It's like a it's stack. Insane. It's Rick stacked. Moranis. Rick it's like it's insanely stacked. Insanely. St- and it's one of those Sam like, uh, yeah, it's one of those like, you know, like late 80s, early 90s comedies where everything 89. is tight, tight, tight. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Little Ronnie Howard. Yeah. So I Clint lost Howard my retainer. If he lost $200, you'd go looking for him. I lost my retainer. <laughs> oh, we lost. They're bad dudes. That's why they call the game Bad Dudes. <laughs> Who do we have to play Emily Hobbs? She's got to be like basically a warm and accepting person. Mm-hmm. I did shout Candace LeRae for this just because I know she loves Christmas so much. And if, yeah. if somebody from the Gargano family will have to be in this somewhere. She does love that. My first thought was Beth Phoenix. Oh, I could see that too. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. Just like kind of good, like. I don't know. Beth Phoenix always like she feels even when she's like suplexing people, it feels like a hug. You know what I mean? Like it, she just feels like a really warm person. And she doesn't feel like obviously she's dealing with like Walter Hobbs being away from uh, like not having his priorities in line. But she doesn't come off as like a whiny like oh, I want my husband back type, you know, the that, way that they always like, that make kind of women. Yeah. yeah. So she, it, she comes family. 
she comes across as pretty stern, so or made of stern stuff throughout this. Yeah, yeah, Mary Steenburgen, she's great. God, she's so good. Also great in Step Brothers. Just bring her back for the role. <laughs> yes. Oh, fantastic in Step Brothers, mm-hmm. along with Richard Jenkins, who's I mean, mm-hmm. so good. This is now a Mary Steenburgen mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, tights and fights and Steenburgen. <laughs> Uh, let's let's go dive into some. So wait, who's playing Emily Hobbs? Did we decide? I think Beth, Beth Phoenix? Phoenix. I like Beth. Do you Phoenix. like Beth Phoenix? Yeah. I love Candace yeah. LeRae. Let's put Candace LeRae as a, a understudy. Yeah. Why don't we have her be Walter's assistant? Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, that'd be great. great. Yes. Should be good. She has a face pretty enough to be on a Christmas card. I love it. That'd yeah. Be great. Then you have the the book writing team. One of them is Kyle Gass. I cannot remember who the other one is offhand. Andy Richter. Oh, it's right, Richter. Oh my God, it's Richter. Jesus, how did I not remember? Yeah, their names are Eugene and Eugene and Morris, which I don't I don't think I knew their names until right now. In this case, I do think we add one more and that becomes the new day. Yes, I, oh, I'll put all go. three of them That's there. The yeah, why not? But all three of them. You can split those lines up nicely. Yeah, yeah and do more physical comedy. How about Gimbal Santa, played by Artie Lang? <laughs> oh, geez, that would be a great Kevin Owens. Yes, uh, <laughs> he'd be so good, and great. he kind of looks like a like a Mick Foley who's thirty years younger. So it'd be a fun dichotomy to see to see them against each other. I kind of want to find a a Gimbal's manager played by Faison Love brilliantly. I love it. Faison Love is so fun. Yeah. He's so funny in like everything. That's true. All, at, any of those roles, he's great in like couples retreat where he's give like give him the more you give him to do, like he fills whatever cup. Again, like great, great actors, especially great comedians, will fill whatever cup you give them, and he can fill a giant vat or a shot glass, and it's like perfect and funny. Mark Henry and his like Mark Henry. <laughs> Mark Henry there you would go. Be great, so just a good. big physical presence. Yeah. Oh, like Love you it. know, see him bawling out John Cena. Oh <laughs> God, I want to see this movie now, guys. <laughs> now we need a Fulton, played by Michael Lerner, hmm. in the movie. His boss. The the heartless publisher who wants him to pitch on Christmas Eve. Ooh, who's gr- who's Grinchy enough to do something like that to pull that off? Ooh, uh, uh, um, would Roman be funny in that? Would that be a funny place to put Roman? <laughs> oh, you hold him up. I yeah. can see it. Yeah. Yeah, because it would be funny to hear. Um, Paul, if it, it'd be kind of funny to see Paul Heyman say "up yours" before he leaves to Roman yeah. Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> what if Paul Heyman was was Fulton? What if Paul Heyman did the Michael Lerner part? I can and then see that. The Miz too. was was uh, you aged up the Miz a little bit and had him as well. I mean, the Miz you can oh, put yeah. like in most of these slots. The Miz is like a cheat code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, all right, hear me out. You you move you move Heyman to to Michael to Michael Lerner's role. He mm-hmm. plays Fulton. Then you have the Miz aged up a little bit to play Walter Hobbs. Then you take Roman Reigns and shrink him down to play Miles Finch. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want an actual little person, then... Hornswoggle. You're, you're, uh, yes, Hornswoggle. Or what, I, I can't remember his actual name. Yes, I think he's just kind of a, like wrestling ambassador status at yeah. this point. I'd sooner make him Ming Ming, put him in the Peter, Peter Billingsley role, just because Miles Finch is such an asshole... That Roman Reigns is, is like perfect for the yeah. part. Yeah. Either him yeah. or CM Punk. And I think Roman Reigns even more so. Yeah. Roman, it's just like, it, I think what makes Peter Dinklage so memorable in this is that like, he's he just looks, he, he just looks so like, 
like I'm here to do my job. I'm here to do this. Mm-hmm. Like he looks very no nonsense in a movie that is so full of nonsense. And that is like, that, and that's what makes it great. And that's one of the great yeah. things. I think Peter Dinklage is like one of the he he rarely gets to do it, and I think he's about to do it in like his, this new movie that he has coming out. He very rarely gets to like be the straight man, but I think he's a classic. What because like when he did that episode of Thirty Rock. It was gorgeous because that's what he does. He does like everything around me is wild and crazy, but like I'm the like I'm gonna be like the center. Like I'm gonna be the centered like no nonsense business business mm-hmm. business person. Mm-hmm. And he does that so fucking well. So I agree with Roman. So there you go. Yeah, we did is, it. We did yeah, it. This is, a, this is a pretty great production. Yeah, I like it. I watched so the fuck out of this. Yeah, yeah. Somebody please redo the movie poster with all of these people on it in various roles. Thank you, and we cannot pay. As you watch Elf for the first or 20th time this Christmas, think to yourself, I wish this featured a wrestler and tell us about it. We want to know who your fan casts are. You can find the links to our social media channels in the show notes and tell us about it there. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling that you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Last week, The Greatest Generation, the comedy podcast about old Star Trek TV shows like Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, just had its 500th episode. And Greatest Trek, the podcast about the new Star Trek shows like Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, and Discovery, just had its 250th episode. So whether you have a task that's roughly 750 hours long, or you want to learn about some of the production techniques that go into making one of the greatest franchises in television history, you should give us a try either way. The Greatest Generation and Greatest Trek, the best-reviewed, most-listened-to Star Trek podcasts in the world. They're on Maximum Fun. Cameron Esposito here, comedian and host of Query. Every week I get to interview someone amazing from the LGBTQIA plus community. Some queeros. I chat with them about their lives, loves, careers, and more. I've talked to, you know, giant celebs, Trixie Mattel, Lena Waithe, Tegan, and Sarah Quinn, but also astronauts, reverends, nurses. It's funny, it gets deep, and hopefully it makes you feel like you're part of something. Join me every Monday on Maximum Fun to listen to Query with Cameron Esposito. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined by... Danielle Radford. And... Julian Burrell. Now we're going to share three things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Danielle, what are we putting over? Y'all know how much I pop real big for really fun, silly, old-timey gimmicks. So obviously, everybody I think knows how much I am really, really enjoying Timeless Tony Storm. And so they did something that I, as both a film nerd and a wrestling nerd, like hit me right in the Venn diagram of my Danielle's when for Tony's championship match, they had a special introduction done by from Turner Classic Movies, on the set of Turner Classic Movies, Ben Mankiewicz. Uh, so let's have a listen. You've seen her in Portrait of a Star, Lover's Lament, and Hold That Butler. But tonight might be her greatest role of all. So sit back, chin up, and watch for the shoe. Playing the part of AEW Women's World Champion, 
This is Timeless Tony Storm. Great job by Ben there. Wow, what an intro, huh? I appreciate him not saying the tits out part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was uh, uh, fucking obviously amazing. And I popped my little, my little film nerd pop. I popped my little wrestle nerd pop just all around a big smiley time for Ms. Radford. So well done <laughs> to all involved in making that happen because it was fucking dope. Yeah, that is a triumph. That is 100% a triumph. Well done. Julian? <laughs> I feel like I'm about to like watch a like a like a fathom event or something like that. Right? <laughs> 1967, the reel was actually lost, caught on fire, <laughs> if you didn't know. And this is, we were barely able to save it before the whole set burned down. No. Um, so there were probably a few people who were yelling at their phones this entire time, being like, wait a minute, elf storing wrestlers? Didn't they already do this? Didn't they already do this? And uh, yes, WWE did already do this. Um, <laughs> they did do it, but I didn't think it was that good. Um, but I am going to give give it a little bit of a shout out because they had um, Braun Strowman is the Elf Among Men, a WWE Christmas movie parody that's about three minutes long. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going to give you a little taste of it. Take the top rope and just do away with it all together. You hear me on that? Let's talk about celebrating. Like we can. I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Pran, we're kind of in the middle of something right now. I didn't know you had elves working here. You're hilarious, my friend. He's saying that to Drew Gulak. Not a bad choice for the for uh, for the character of um, <laughs> of Miles Finch wanting to give a PowerPoint oh, yeah. presentation talking yeah. about books. I figured as soon as he said we can get rid of the top road, if I was like, that's my Gulak. <laughs> so it's uh it's it's cute you can see it i like ours better anyway moving on um <laughs> the other thing i was also going to put over was i really loved the, whoever runs the wwe on fox uh twitter account posting a picture of draymond green holding up a wwe title no caption whatsoever if you know you know and that's what i'm putting over and if you listen to this ho, ho, you don't ho, merry christmas yeah if you listen to this you don't watch real sports he hit a dude he did like a spinning back thing it was fun <laughs> what a headache Let's move on to broadcasting already. You'll be great at it. I want to put over something from actual wrestling. We all know where I f- how I feel about the CM Punk return to WWE. So far, the waters seem calm. We'll see. But all but as as expected, he's moving into a program with Seth Rollins, and the two of them confronted one another on Monday Night Raw. And uh, I thought this was one of Rollins' better promos mm. that I've ever seen from him. And this is him telling. The God's honest truth to Phil and uh, just saying all the quiet parts out loud that some of us may be thinking and maybe filling in the fans who don't watch AEW. Maybe they'll know a little bit more after this. Check it out. (laughs) Filling in. Okay. If you're going to be a part of WWE again, then I want you on Monday Night Raw. Because the truth always comes out, pal. The truth always comes out. I know, you know, everybody else knows. This is your last chance. Yeah. I hope he dresses up as a young buck when they finally wrestle. You know, just to really do the I mind mean, games thing. He does that thing. <laughs> He's only going to super kick him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
the stank that he put on I Hate You, that was like, that yeah. was the realest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, obviously, Seth is a consummate professional. He's going to do the job, best for business, yada, yada, yada. He's a company man. He's going to do it. But I do think it was very smart of them to be like, you know what? You want to vent all your shit out? Here's a promo. Get your shit in. And Punk looked appropriately chastened. Like he was definitely just sitting there and just fucking taking it. It was fascinating, especially after the night that of Punk just like kind of going around from like group to group in the backstage and everyone being like, I'm so happy that you're here. And like, we forget about everything else, you know? Um, so yeah, that promo battle is, if you have not watched that, watch the full thing. Not just like, um, watch the full thing, not just clips on YouTube. It'll be a, a fun, you know, hey, guys, act it out with puppets, you know, type of thing for them to, like, you know, get it all out. <laughs> yeah. Like, hit each other with with foam baseball bats and we can move on. Yeah. And, and exactly. what's great about it is that, like, both of them, I mean, obviously, they're both professionals. They're going to do their best. Um, but hopefully, because Seth, unfortunately, has a reputation for injuring older dudes and Punk has a reputation for injuring himself. So uh, <laughs> if a hard place meets uh, immovable object hopefully folks will recognize that they're probably not like giving receipts or doing anything shady it's just that like <laughs> these are what these two men do and then you put them in a ring together with animosity and, and, and when it does happen if it does happen i hope it doesn't happen yeah. it won't be on purpose it'll just be on accident i like i swear they are so, like it's they're professionals don't put uh, pop rocks in a bottle of, of coca-cola and be surprised when that happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think they're really going to get along this time. Oh, oh God, yeah. it's in my face. <laughs> that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Daniel Radford and Julian Burrell, along with me, Hal Lublin. You can follow me at Hal Lublin and all the socials. You can listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal. A lot of fun. Uh, we did a holiday episode with Padgett Brewster, which was a delight. We have an, mm-hmm. a, a holiday episode with Paul F. Tompkins coming out, which is another delight. And uh, also... Good Morning Night Vale is the Night Vale recap, recap mm. podcast that I do. So if you've just started listening, it's a good little companion piece to that. Or if you've listened and you want to go back, it's a good companion piece for that, too. Danielle? I'm working with Cracked on this show that is called Staff Picks, where we, it's like me and Patrick Willems, uh, Jordan Searles, and sometimes our producer, Jordan, our goal is to build the best video rental store in New York and possibly the world. And so every week we are curating what is going to go into this, um, not through movie fighting, but through movie passionate discussion. And then oftentimes saying, hey, no, you were totally right. I just wanted someone to talk about this movie that I love. So go check that out. New episodes on Cracked every week. And it has been a fun time. You might have been seeing me post a lot about it. I love, love, love this show. So go check it out. Julian? So I've been working on something for the better part of a year at this point with a company called Pushkin. Probably know it as the company that Malcolm Gladwell founded um, and is also still a pretty big part of. But it's a, a whole audiobook, an entire audiobook. It's written, it was written by Jessica St. Clair and Casey Wilson. Uh, it's all about uh, the value of small talk, having little conversations with strangers and people that you know and care about and how that can uh, add to your life and make you feel a bunch better. It's basically like think like a regular book, but with the production value of a podcast. So like you know, music and, uh, and fun interviews that are lot that are generally, um, 
left intact, not just pulled for quotes and everything like that. It's been a journey getting this done. The end is finally in sight and we're finally announcing it and everything. So that means it's really close to being finished, which is a weird feeling. And I kind of can't wait for it to be done. Um, A lot of trials and tribulations that we went through to make it real and make it a thing. So I hope you guys stay around with it. Keep uh, keep your ear to it. It'll be really good when it comes out, I promise. I mean, I hope it'll be good. It's not totally finished, but I promise it will be good once I finish making it. Oh, shut your face. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) You did it. It's going to be awesome. And congratulations, dude. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, now it has to. Well, look for it in March. You'll find some trailers and some pre-press and everything if you go look for it soon. Mazel tov. That's wonderful. Our producer that you just heard is walking in a winter punderland, Julian Burrell, (laughs) senior producer at Maximum Fun, is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. You can find those in the show notes. Find our Tights and Fights WrestleMania t-shirt at VaxFunStore.com. Celebrate ice cream Christmas all year long. We'll be back next week for a wrap-up in the year of, you guessed it, wrestling. Wrestling. Here comes the pain. Bow to the masters. This is a podcast. They are podcasters. Max Fun's the network. Dyson Fights is the name. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.